Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityrusting.org. So we continue today our third verse sermon series. And we are going to be in the book of John. These are kind of obscure passages that we don't preach on a whole lot. And so our scripture reading today is John 12, 9 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them. And it will also be on the screen. It's John 12, 9 through 11. Hear these words. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. Kind of an interesting story. Any of you ever heard that story before of uh, a hit being put out on Lazarus? Y'all familiar with that? It wasn't something that I had ever really caught before doing this series, but maybe if you don't know the story, you know the backstory. At this point, the religious leaders are fed up with Jesus. He continues to elude and confound them, and he's repeatedly stepping out of the boundaries of what is acceptable behavior for a rabbi. Claims are being made that not only is he a great teacher, but that he is the very son of God. And daily his popularity is growing as he continues to heal and to teach and to serve the people in all the different areas around the Sea of Galilee. And now this has happened. He has actually brought a man back from the dead. And it's just too much. And so this plot begins to form to not only kill Jesus, but also to kill the talking miracle named Lazarus. In fact, I heard a rumor that they made a movie out of it, and and there's a trailer for that? I have come to raise Lazarus from the dead. He shall be with his sisters soon. Guess who's back? Have you heard about Lazarus? Yes, and I want him dead. Well, there you have it. I'm sure that's exactly how it happened. Isn't it interesting, though, film clips aside, that the moment Lazarus becomes a living testimony for the power of Christ, he becomes a marked man. But what is he marked by? What are all of us who are believers marked by? 
Well, first and foremost, we're marked by Christ. We're marked by the waters of our baptism from the moment of our profession of faith where we went from sure and certain death to spiritual resurrection and a hope of eternal life. And that is really a beautiful and powerful thing. There is no greater witness than one whose life has been completely turned around and transformed by Jesus. When a person becomes a living testimony, I hope that you are one such person. If not, maybe you know people like that who you just kind of stand in awe in. It has changed everything for them to be in relationship with Jesus. But there's also something else that happens Another way in which we are marked when we begin to proclaim our willingness to work alongside Christ to battle against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the evil powers of this world, the spiritual forces of wickedness don't really care too much for that. And so we become marked in a different way. Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Listen to these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Did you catch that? Our struggle is not against other people, although sometimes people are tools for the devil. And sometimes we engage in fighting with one another. But our struggle really isn't about that. Our struggle on a whole other level is this eternal struggle as we fight against the spiritual forces of wickedness. What in the world is that? Paul is saying that there are cosmic forces that we can't see. That maybe there is something more behind the turmoil and the temptation and the chaos and the strife that is visible to us in this world. I think recognition of this is essential if we're going to take seriously our role to fight the good fight and to not be sidelined by the very forces whose job it is to take us out. Because let me tell you something. There is nothing more these forces hate than a person who is on fire for Christ, who is a living testimony to his power and his grace. And they will go to great lengths to distract you, to entertain you, to tempt you, to lie to you, to shift your focus, to dull your senses, to shake your confidence, and to destroy your credibility. Because evil's duty really is to move us away from truth and life. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to diminish our ability to stand as a living testimony. And I tell you this because I am a person who wrestles demons for a living. Now that was not in the brochure when I was going to seminary. In fact, as I was being recruited in high school and later in college, it was all about going and and visiting the sick and going to pray over new babies and sometimes going to meetings and getting to preach on Sunday, all these kind of things, getting to work with youth and kids. And I didn't realize the full weight of what it was that as a Christian, I was taking on and in fact had taken on at my baptism. I didn't know. And then, recently, I was reminded 
of that great truth when a friend of mine who was also a pastor in this conference in South Louisiana, who has wrestled with the demon of depression for some time, died. And it shook my confidence. Me and and all of the clergy and the people who knew him, we knew he had been fighting against this demon. But we didn't anticipate that he would lose in the way that he did. And I haven't yet figured out how to reconcile that, but it, it did make me more aware than I ever have been that we are marked as Christians that we fight on many levels in this world. And oftentimes, we are so unaware of the secondary battle that is going on. C.S. Lewis wrote a little bit about it in Screwtape Letters. I would recommend that book to you if you've never had an opportunity to read about it. And I would be a liar if I said that there weren't, if I didn't say that there, there weren't some days that these gnarly little demons, whatever you want to call them, whatever that force is, if it didn't sometimes get the best of me and sometimes knock me down, have me kind of staring at the wall, wondering what in the world I'm going to do, feeling a little bit defeated. I think all of us, all of us who wrestle with them long enough have those days. Pastor Jeremy Myers teaches that in Paul's day in Greco-Roman wrestling There weren't all the elaborate rules that we have nowadays in our wrestling matches. There was only one rule to winning, and that rule was you had to be the last one still standing on your feet. And in a similar way, when we stand up against evil and injustice, the call on our lives is to stay on our feet, even as we wrestle. There are gonna be days when we get thrown to the ground, And that's okay. And there will probably be days when we're huddled in a corner and that's when we call a friend. You know, God doesn't expect us to do this alone. He gave us this incredible community. That's part of our vows too, that we we stand with this community of faith who helps us do this holy and important work. And sometimes we have to help each other get back on our feet and stay on our feet to stay standing. And then we try not to get knocked down again. We try to learn the lessons that we need to learn so that next time when we face that, we know what to do. But always remembering that there is a spiritual element to every aspect of our lives. And one of the ways I think in which, and perhaps the most important way in which we combat this is to defiantly reclaim or claim for the first time that we have the freedom and power given to us by God to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And let me tell you, they present themselves in all kinds of forms. Sometimes we think about evil in this grand scale, the big things that happen that are obviously very evil. But evil is much more subtle than that. It comes in small ways and unexpected ways and and gets a foothold sometimes in our lives before we're even aware of it. And one of the favorite groups, I think, that sometimes those forces like to use are religious people, which is really kind of an interesting thing to me. You see it in the story of Lazarus when it is the religious leaders who put a hit out on Lazarus and on Jesus. They basically 
are gonna take their lives. Now, these are not bad people. These are folks who their whole lives have studied the word of God. They've dedicated everything they have to following him. These religious leaders have sacrificed again and again and again. And yet, in this particular moment in history, they're being used. They're being used to carry out something that is not of God. They're being used by the darkness to try to put out a bright light that has come. And they don't even see it because they believe that they are working on the side of good. And I think that's one of the ways that sometimes it can be particularly deceptive and tricky to discern on which side we stand. And so one of the ways that we do this is we look to Christ. We look to his life and the ways in which he battled these demons in his day. In his life, one of the things that you constantly see is prayer. He is taking time always from the time he's very young to separate himself for a little bit and to go and be in conversation with God, to recenter himself and to take some time to set himself apart. And then you see him, even from the age of 12, studying the word of God. You find him, he got lost, remember, when he wasn't really lost, he was in the temple, and he was debating back and forth with the religious leaders then about the word of God. He knew it well, and he didn't just know the words. He knew what it meant, because he studied it. He lived it. And so that's one of those things that we are called to do. It is a great tool of ours. And then he surrounded himself with a community of faith. He always had people around him except in those few moments when he separated himself to go and pray. But he immediately, when he left his family's house, began gathering a community who would travel with him and be his companions. And they kept him company. They helped to listen. They were a place to bounce ideas off of. They prayed with him They fought these good fights alongside him. And so we too are called to do that, to find those people, our people, who will encourage us and nurture us and strengthen us and challenge us to go deeper in our faith, to remember that we don't fight this alone and we shouldn't try to fight this alone. I think when we become isolated, which sometimes we tend to do when we're confused or we're ashamed or we're hurt, We kind of separate ourselves completely and not in a positive way, not to go off and pray. And that is a place where we enter into a very dark night. And so it's important to stay in it and to find those people who will stay in it with us. And then one of the things that Jesus did so well is he remembered who he was and who he was not. It would have been so easy for him to get sucked into the hype surrounding him with all of those who just adored him and followed him everywhere and wanted to make him king of all. But he had to remember that wasn't his mission. And sometimes in the subtlety that is evil in this world, we forget who we are and we get sidetracked and we buy into lies about our identity, identities that we were never meant to take. And so we have to stay focused and remember who we are. We can't let defeats define us. That's one of the things that Jesus also did. He would go into towns and sometimes they were glad he was there and sometimes they ran him out of town. Sometimes they tried to kill him before he left town. And so he could have allowed that 
to bring him down, but he didn't. He stayed focused, and he didn't let those defeats define him. And so we're gonna have highs and lows in our faith walk. We're gonna have moments when we try something, and we try so hard, and it doesn't go like we expected. And we're gonna feel defeated and that's when that whisper will come in our ear and try to keep us in that place and try to take us out of the game and tell us, well, nothing you do matters anyway. You might as well just stop. Just stop. They don't need you. You have nothing to offer this situation. Have you heard this before? I bet you have. But the devil is a liar, just so you know. He also um, gets defeated, by the way. I don't wanna spoil the book for you. But... If you keep going to the end, he's not victorious. And so God gives us power. God gives us power so that we don't have to give in to temptation. We don't have to listen to the lies. We don't have to stay in bondage to our sin. If you are a Christian, you are on the winning side. You've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. The enemy has no hold on you anymore. He has no rights over you. You are free. You are more than a conqueror through the one who came to set you free, Jesus Christ. He came so that you might have life and you might have it abundantly, and that is truth. That is a truth that you can build your life upon. That is a truth you do not have to hide from. That is a truth you do not have to be ashamed of. That is a truth you can wear over you like an armor. And on your worst days, when you are knocked to the ground and the enemy says, stay there, nah, get back up. Get back up. Because we need you. We need you in this fight. The only way that the darkness wins temporarily as if they can take us out. And so we have to stand back up. We have to be the living testimony that we are called to be. We have to never give up. And we do it together. And so thinking back on the baptism that we witnessed just a little bit ago, I want to ask you those questions again. I want you to hear them maybe with a new perspective. And if you are willing, I want you to say to yourself, I do, with a renewed conviction. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? Do you recognize the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms, whatever forms, it presents itself. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your savior and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord, to fight the good fight alongside him in union with this community of faith and with others which Christ has opened to people of all ages, no matter your age, no matter your nationality, no matter your race, it is open to you. My prayer is that you say, I do, that you come alongside and help wrestle some demons too. There's a lot of them out there, a lot of work to do, but we can do it because we do not go alone and we have at our head Christ Jesus 
the Lord and Savior of all of our lives. Let us pray. God, you know us. You know the different things that we are wrestling with right now, the stuff that we share with others and the stuff that we never do, the hidden, the hidden parts of our spirit. And so God, I just pray that you would come in abundance into each of our lives, that you would remind us that you have given us freedom to make decisions that honor you and lead us towards life, that we might be more concerned about following you than we are about anything else, that we might hear your voice above all the other competing voices that might try to claim our identity in a different way so that we might stay focused on the task you have before us as we continue to bring your light into the world and stand as living testimonies of your power. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.